Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Media Network's Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome the program. Mike Velarde. Mike, how are you? We talked off air about how you're going through this process now of understanding our political system through this process all the way to the primary, which is on Tuesday. And uh, you're just you're putting on everything to get the word out, right? Anywhere you can. You're out there talking. Yeah, we're, we're, doing, yeah, we're going to be calling. We have... Uh, signs. We're putting signs all over the place. Um, we have shirts. We bought shirts. All our volunteers are going to be out there at the polling places on Tuesday in shirts and hats. We got a hundred hats coming today. Um, yeah, we're doing the final, the final push. And the final push. And that final push is so important, Mike, because you want to, you want to be able to have the. Uh, the opportunity to make a change. And what I see from your platform is unlike many platforms of everyone running in the primaries anywhere in the country, what your ideas are, are really to take care, help all citizen Americans. If someone could come up with this plan uh, nationally, it'd be huge. Yeah, well, I, I, I firmly believe I win this primary Trump gets behind me who went in a landslide. And I'll tell you why. There's not, there's not one senior citizen who's going to not vote for tax-free Social Security. Your Social Security benefit gets taxed. 85% of your benefit is being taxed if you have other income over 30000 a year. That's horrible for senior citizens. So they can get up to a 30% increase in Social Security benefits just by taking the tax away. Wow. That's that's, huge. that's a lot of money. That's, 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 you know, that's uh, 300 a month on a thousand dollars worth of benefits that are being taxed. And that's being the tax guy. You understand these things and yes. understand that a lot of people don't save at all, especially if you're a senior citizen. And if you can make that savings, that can go a lot of way, long, a long way towards prescriptions. It can go a long-term way about just basically feeding themselves and the challenges that they're dealing with with the coronavirus. Think about three hundred a month. If you, if it's two thousand a month, that could be up to six hundred a month. That's rent someplace. That's food for the month. That's a lifestyle change. And this is for people who it's all your own money coming back to you, Neil. It's not the, the government took it from you, and 40 years later, they're giving it back to you in the form of a benefit. You paid the tax when they took it from you. You're paying again when they, when they give it back to you? It's ridiculous. And why, who created that and set things up like that? Clinton was the one that got it passed when he was president to tax the benefit up to 85%. It wasn't always like that. It used to be that your social security taxes were tax deductible, just like your state income tax. If you have a state income tax, you're able to deduct it on your schedule A. And that's how social security used to be. Then they changed that. So the, 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 you lost the deductibility of it. Then under President Clinton, it became taxable. And it's double taxation, it's simply wrong. If you want to be able to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you need to have money. Yes. You can't pursue happiness if you're, if you're broke. No. 
And if it's your own money coming back to you, I mean, it's it, why should it be taxed? That's all it is. And to show your understanding of what you're looking at your competition for President Trump now with Kamala Harris becoming the vice presidential candidate, we see how much California is taxed, right? And how yep. much it, and how awful it is compared to Florida. Or yep. New York and California really make it so that you don't keep much of your money at all at the end right. of the day. A lot of it goes to the government and doesn't go towards charities. It doesn't go towards paying more people and putting more money in other people's pockets. What are you, what is your take now with President um, Vice President Biden's pick? And do you think it's going to help or hinder him in the campaign? I think Joe Biden just gave Trump the presidency by picking Kamala Harris. There's so much dirt on her. I mean, from sleeping with the mayor, you know, when he was married over there in San Francisco to to the stuff she did as attorney general, keeping the blacks locked up for, for to keep income coming into the state. Um, she has a deplorable record. She'd be a terrible leader. Uh, she, she didn't make it as a presidential candidate. You got to remember, she ran against Joe Biden. Okay. And she dropped out early. She wasn't like one of the finalists. Well, the reason she had to drop out early was all support dried up once, once, once Telsey Gabbard exposed her record as attorney general. And, and she went after Biden. She could be vicious. She, she, she lacks integrity. Um, she's not somebody we'd want in office. And that's why there was no support for her once she was exposed. Do you think Biden is, uh, Biden is going to not... This, this reminds me of Palin McCain in so many ways. Or when Palin got, Governor Palin got... And honestly, McCain made a mistake. McCain cost himself the election. Uh, if he would have protected Sarah Palin, they would have won. They would have beat Obama. And do you think that once the attacks go to Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, you're going to see Biden protect her or let her get destroyed? I don't, I don't think he has the ability to protect her. He can't, he can't get out two sentences coherently at this point in time. I mean, I think it's obvious to everybody that he has dementia. He's very old. Never, he was never the, the brightest bulb in the, in the lot. I mean, he, this is a guy who graduated 76 out of 85 people from his law school, from Syracuse Law School. 76 out of 85. Here's what that means. If it took a minute for every person to get their diploma, Joe right. Biden would have waited an hour and 15 minutes before being called to the stage. And once he was up there, less than 10 minutes later, the ceremony ceremony's over. So you got to put that in that perspective. And do you think, based on this situation, how can the Republican Party, especially certain Republicans are turning their backs on Donald Trump? That's another concern. I'll talk about that in the next part of this segment. Because I really want to bring this out as you are carrying, you're a supporter of Trump, you're not leaving Trump. But let's look at what would you do if you were given the campaign manager for President Trump right now to defeat them? Because I'm just not seeing those things, these plans being implemented at all yet. And time is running out. It's really simple. He needs to back my platform. My platform appeals to so many people. Tax-free Social Security appeals to the elderly. But it goes beyond that. You know, your Social Security benefits is based on what you and your employer paid in. Okay, and let's say you do for 40 years, you're going to pay into Social Security. Whatever number that is, they basically take it, divide it by 10, and then divide that by 12, and that's your monthly payment, pretty much. So, so to make it simple, if you paid in $200,000, you're going to get a benefit of about $20,000 a year. Okay? Yeah. Now, again, that's your money that you paid in. If you die... And let's say you only receive Social Security for five years. Your money that you paid in goes to somebody else. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we had a spousal benefit where your wife can get that money for up to two years, up to 24 months? Yeah. And that's the second thing I'm proposing, to help these widows. And, of course, it'll cost something when you take it. You know, maybe you get $25 a month less in your Social Security check. But you'll know that when you die, your, your, your spouse is going to get that benefit. And let's say you live to be 90. So now you've blown past everything you put in, then the spousal benefit will be for 12 months. 
because now it's coming out of the government's pocket instead of coming out of yours, so to speak. You know, but what it will do, it'll make sure that your widow, when she gets home from the funeral, doesn't have to worry about that letter from the government saying, hey, you'll no longer be getting your husband's social security. So that's another thing I'm proposing along with making it tax-free as, as, as a benefit. And that will appeal to all the senior citizens. Trump jumps on board that train, every senior citizen in the country is gonna to wanna to vote for him. And you have to get his ear because there's no one else that has this plan in, tax in place except you in the country running for a platform probably. Right. Yeah. I'm the only one who has this platform, that's right. The only one I know, and, and, and then the unemployed. With the coronavirus pandemic, the government has given an extra $600 a week to people who became unemployed. For those years, yeah. For those what years. a lot of those people don't realize is that that's taxable money. That'll be taxed as income. So they're going to take that money and they're going to spend it, Neil. Yeah. And then they're going to get a letter from the IRS saying, hey, based on our calculations, you owe us $2,000. They're not going to have that $2,000. And then the IRS is going to want to seize their bank account and go after them or start attaching interest and penalties to it. And I think it's a waste of effort on everybody's part. I think the best thing we can do is make it tax exempt. Let the IRS go after other people and let the people that have been unemployed get back on their feet. And do you think that they're flooded right now, the IRS, with so many people not making their payments from July 15th? What have you heard oh. on that? So many people don't realize that they're going to have to file a tax return until next year for this year. So, so they'll, they'll get hit. They'll get hit with it after April of next year. That's what's going to happen. What about Republicans are turning their back on Trump and not, not the ones that are the rhino rhino ones, but what about other ones that are stopping their support for President Trump during this time? You're talking about like guys like John Kasich, who's going to be giving a speech for yeah. Biden. You know, I would say those are guaranteed. That's not a surprise. But I'm seeing other organizations spending money, PAC money against Trump, calling him, calling he's his socialist programs. I don't know. That's what I saw in Pennsylvania. I'm just wondering if you're seeing that in Florida yet. No, I, I don't know anything about that. Oh gosh, that's that's terrible. Because again, these things. So the supporters of Trump, it it's all going to depend on specific things, but your plan definitely has that in, in place. So your plans for the next couple of days, really quickly, hitting the phones, meeting people, do whatever you can do before Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have, we're going to do some phone banking. No question about it. We're going to be getting out signs after the show. We're going to go out, get, get signs up all over the place, all over the district, all over the area and take the maps with us. Um, call the team, see what we can, you know, we can get done. Awesome. All right. And, and you're, you're, you got it. And I'm hoping, I know we're going to have a great news on Friday. And if you don't win, which I don't think is going to happen, you definitely are ready to support the other candidate and also to get what's her name out of office. Big, big part of this whole process. Your political days are not over after this experience. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm the only one. I I I think I'm the only one that can really beat uh, Lois Frankel. I got a plan for it, and like I said, she can't she can't defend her record, especially on Social Security. She's been taxing our old people ever since she's gotten there the last eight years. Um, there's a lot of other issues, things that she hasn't that I disagree with. Uh, but it is a it is a Democratic stronghold here. I mean. There's 30,000 Republicans that have voted and 90,000 Democrats that have voted because there's a primary for both. Wow. And I know that she is, she has a very weak primary opponent. Uh, we've debated all of us and I'm sure she will question. She hasn't even put up signs, done anything. She doesn't have any need to. Everybody knows who she is. But I, on the other hand, would not be a weak opponent for her. All right. So Velarde2020.com, donations, anything that we can do right before the big day Tuesday. Good luck. And uh, anything else to add? I just want to say it's, it's really been a very positive experience running for office. It really has been. Um, 
lot of time and effort, obviously, but uh, I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it, and um, I'm praying to God that I win. Yes, we'll keep you in your prayers, in our prayers, for Mike Vlardy to win on Tuesday. And again, you can go to other places as well to buy your book. Where, where's that? Yeah. Uh, MikeVelardiBooks.com. M-I-K-E-V-I-L-A-R-D-I, MikeVelardiBooks.com. And WinningTaxSolutions.com for your business, right? That's right. If anybody has an IRS issue, Winning Tax Solutions. Absolutely. They're going to need it with what the changes and how they are spending money like water of the, the unemployment and all that stuff. They're going to have to watch out for sure coming up very soon. So I appreciate you coming by. All right, Neil. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure doing the show with you. All right. It's Mike Velarde show everyone. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley show here on the pedaling from pedaling dangerous freedom segment here with Tim and Phil guys, one stop. Hey, how are you? How are We're you guys? And, and you know what? I just tell you, let's go with the vice presidential pick. You know, I'm going to jump right to this. It's been the whole <laughs> thing for the last couple of days. You know, um, Senator, I got to do the hyphen, uh, but I always call her Kamala just because I'm a fan of Kamala. Rest in peace, Kamala. But Kamala or whatever, Kam, we have to, Harris, Whatever way we want to say it, uh, the uh, senator is the vice presidential candidate. I look at history, and I think that this reminds me of Sarah, Sarah Palin with John McCain, people that don't have the same ideas or values put together, and they're going to not get along. That's my take, and if you would see it specifically enough, if, if uh, Senator Harris said she was going to prosecute Joe Biden for sexual assault and then becomes the candidate, then you know there's going to be a lot of skeletons in her closet and in interviews and everything before the election. Your thoughts, guys? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to be fair, if you want to jump into it like that, um, she's going to prosecute him for this, and then all of a sudden she's a vice president candidate and everything's all nice and quiet. Sounds to me like uh, using um, – a little bit of leverage there to get ahead in the world and being okay with what happened to you as long as you're up there. I don't know. Uh, your thoughts, Phil. We can't hear him at all. You're Phil. muffled, Philip. We can't hear you, buddy. Nothing you, bro. Can you, can you hear me now? <laughs> no, at all. Go back he to, go back like, to the uh, way you were, buddy. He, so he sounds like he's in a, uh, in a vacuum somewhere, but that's good that it's radio, I mean, not TV. Yeah, so yeah I mean, to be honest, he's probably got his hands over his face right now thinking about Kamala Harris being the vice president, and it's not really his phone that's muffled. <laughs> yeah, Kamala. 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 <laughs> we have to figure it out because, again, uh, just the pronunciation for all of us. But, again, she was named after the famous pro wrestler Kamala. Rest in peace. But I wonder Guys, do you have a copy now? Uh -huh. Yes, sir. Leave it like that, sir. Leave it like okay. that. Okay, so it's it's a complete Bluetooth malfunction on my end. I'm terribly sorry. Um, to answer your question, I think the party implodes from this. Uh, they do have a clash of values, and I think it gets uglier from here. And that's where I'm thinking, that they do have a clash of values, and I don't think that Joe Biden's going to like that Kamala, Kamala is going to get the center stage joe won't like it just like john mccain didn't if mccain would have just allowed palin to be the star i don't think that obama's elected that's my belief i think you're right i think you're absolutely right and this has you know recipe for disaster written all over it i think they sealed their fate to lose the race in november but i suppose we'll see i've heard several people say that that once he brought in camilla and that kind of would make people go, oh, God, uh, I, I'm going to change my mind about this. So let's just go ahead and not choose Biden like I was going to. Yeah, it's bad, guys. It's bad. So, but if you look at the candidate, but she won't go on the media like I'm just really comparing it to, again, um, Governor Palin. Do you think what they're going to come out with questions? They're not going to put her on every place and ask her questions if she was the president of the United States. I don't think she's going to get that series of questions because she's not going to go on Fox. So 
what do you think that the main street media who likes to treat everyone differently might still throw her under the bus and try to hit her with a bunch of hard questions? I mean, I, I hope they do. That's what they need to do with everyone. I'm don't, just give her the easy route in fact bring up the question you just asked if you were in such route of prosecution for such and such before what has changed your mind now to make it okay well i can be the vp candidate well i i think it's a good question but i also think that uh i think they cater to her with this one i think it was exactly what they do i think they cater to both her and biden and i think that's where we'll see the implosion Possibly, but here's the problem that's happening. Another topic for us. That topic's brought up again. All this thanks to CNN, and you guys are like, "Are oh, you crazy?" But that's the only coronavirus out, uh, coverage out there. Fox doesn't cover it, and that's not as a mistake because that's what people care about most is coronavirus coverage, and Fox doesn't cover it, and that's too bad that they do that. It's hurt, it's so it doesn't hurt the president, but people in the Republican Party are turning their back on President Trump. It is coming out left and right. Now even commercials coming out, calling him a socialist. Uh, just came out on our commercials in Pennsylvania right now that now Republicans are turning their back, which really does not give a great shot for President Trump to win if Republicans are turning their back on President Trump. First you, Tim, have you seen this happen? This is what's happening right now. I honestly have not. Um, to be fair, I've I've been very busy as of late, so I've I've not really paid that much attention to that sort of the media. Um, but I don't think they're. I think the numbers, if we're looking at numbers that are on the channels, I think numbers are inflated, and just like the news is biased, I think a lot of these numbers aren't really what they're playing them out to be. I think that just like before president trump president trump's numbers are higher than what they're showing but they're trying to um tend to the herd mentality of oh everybody's voting for biden i need to vote for biden because obviously president trump is bad you know um yeah i think i think this is very reminiscent of what happened the first go around when everybody secretly pulled for him but it wasn't popular to say and so nobody did uh, I think also more than that, I think their relationship with our president is kind of like that of dating an ugly woman. She's not very much fun to admit you're with in front of your friends, but she's really good for and good to you. And I think that sums up our president completely. <laughs> but see, I think you get it. But I think there are a lot of people turning their back on him. And that's the big concern. I, I do I do agree that at some point there are a lot of people that are that voted uh, for him before and a lot of Republicans that are like man I, I thought it was going to be completely different just because of his um, his brash way that he speaks whenever he comes out and does his uh, his speeches he's not really clean and polished he's still more of the hey I'm the big cheese I'm the big guy I can help you I'm gonna say what I want you might not want to hear it but secretly you still like me. Valid point. Valid, and that's the problem that you're running into if you're looking at re-election. The only thing that could happen is history does not bode well for female candidates. And at the end of the day, when everyone is, you know, deciding not polls, but at the voting booth or sending out the votes, will they not want to vote for her? And that's going to be the big thing. Now, it's either Biden utilizes this to get more people out to vote and takes a back seat, which I don't see President Biden doing, Vice President, I almost say President, and that, that, again, but that is the biggest thing. Is he going to be able to play second fiddle? I don't see a lot of people wanting to play second fiddle, and every candidate for Vice President that has success has been one that's nobody, doesn't have a lot of star power, so that the, pre the, the, the presidential candidate has the star power. When the vice presidential candidate has more star power than the presidential candidate, that could mean many big problems. So we'll find out that everything could change if there's a vaccine in October. Uh, if, if President Biden runs on, Vice President Biden runs on, we're going to mask you guys up right when I become president from mandatory from january to march than that in 2021 he's saying that that is very scary to think 
that we are going to be in masks in 2021 is not a good thing. He said that. You got to look at the news and check that out, guys. That's what he's saying. 2021, if he is elected president, he doesn't have any power till he's inaugurated. So that's what he's saying is once he gains power, he's going to make masks mandatory nationally. So what he's saying is once he gains power, he's going to immediately strip Americans of their freedom to choose what they would like to do. Well, that bodes well for him. I, I, I see how he can not want to be the favorite pick then. Because that's what they came out with. Now, I think he's backed it up a bit, but they're not in, in saying, oh, it meant now we need three months of this. But if pres- here's the way that President Trump wins this election. Biden gets caught with another bad situation, a gaffe. Kamala Harris sounds out, seems like not the, uh, the candidate of choice. And they start to bicker. And President Trump gets a vaccine and the economy's good. That's the only way Trump wins. That means everything has to go his way to win. And we're getting closer and closer. If none of those things occur or two of those things only occur, he will not win. Everyone has to be checklist. That means Biden has to screw up. Kamala Harris has to screw up. And last but not least, President Trump needs a vaccine and the economy to go well. Thoughts, guys? And then we'll go that, to our next topic. Honestly, uh, I think Biden and Kamala may be a good, um, a good partnership there, a, a good team, because um, she reminds me of the, the handler for a person that would help him find his way down the hallway whenever he gets lost in the White House. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and that's so how I res- peddle dangerous freedom. <laughs> okay. I guarantee it. So to respond to that, I want to say that I think Neil is right in that one way it could go is that Trump needs everything to go the right way to get reelected. But I think there's a forgotten element here, too. So for the what they're, what mainstream media is calling the fringe right, uh, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who were who was just elected recently to Congress here in Georgia, um, and they've already called her the fringe. I think Americans, the average everyday American, is tired of the status quo, and I think we're going to see more and more people elected, like President Trump, like Mrs. Greene, who are quote unquote the the fringe element, when really all they are is they're giving a voice to the silent majority. Okay, so great points there. Let's go to the last topic for discussion. Your guests. Go ahead, Tim. First guest from two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago, Reverend uh, Wynn Henderson. Um, yeah. Was that was that he, the guest? Yes, that was. It was, and that was an eye opener. Talking about somebody who really um, threw the punches as far as his um, experience and his. Um, his take on the whole coronavirus, he, he blatantly came out and said that he could cure and be done with COVID-19 in one month if, you know, people like the uh, companies like the FDA and other places were to just step out of the way and stop their corrupt ways of doing business. Like, to me, that was um, a punch in the gut to hear it. It's something that I've, I've heard and I've thought. It's like, well, somebody knows what's going on with this. Um, but no one's just saying it. And he came out and let us know, you know, he has had experience and the hydroxychloroquine is something they're trying to steer us away from, or they were at first. And it's a proven thing that works. But now all of a sudden people are uh, wanting to jump on board. And to me, it just kind of feels like it, it's, it's coincidental. It's, um, I don't know. That's just, it, it was crazy. That's a lot of truth came out of that man that really made me look at yeah, things a lot and that's differently. where I want, as I try to tell people, well, we want facts. Well, then go to Europe and see the countries that are doing well, what they treated people with early onset. It was hydroxychloroquine. And that there goes again, another conspiracy in the United States that needs to be uncovered, but that has gone away. But I, if there is ever a debate between president, vice president Biden and President Trump, it's going to be like it's going to be a fight beyond fights, lies thrown at each other to see who would uh, last. And maybe they got to wear masks. Maybe uh, Biden's got to find a pro wrestling mask, and Trump does. And then they just go out there and then they go head to head. Because remember, President Trump went into uh, uh, 
Vice President, um, oh, I'm sorry, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's face. And he really uh, did it. So maybe he's just saving the debate if there is a debate. Well, like Henderson told us, um, he said that he could get it taken care of and completely wipe COVID-19 out in a month. The President Trump would just have to sign an executive order to be able to bypass all the people that are holding us back. Well, if we look at that compared to Biden, if he gets elected and he's wanting to make masks mandatory, I would rather have one president that has our best interest in mind make an executive order to do away with this corrupt uh, these corrupt companies and give us something that will rid us of COVID-19 rather than one that would make an executive order to put us basically in walking quarantine. Couldn't have said that any better myself. Absolutely correct. I'm willing to give him a chance. I'd like to give him his 30 days just to see if he could do it. Yep. Okay. So we'll, that's called peddling dangerous freedom. Now. All right, Phil, uh, you guessed this week, you came up with the topic and I came up with the guest because you had to come up with one that I'm starting to scratch my head. Then you bring Don Zeno on, and then you got to scratch your head even more. Uh, what? Tell us about that. Okay, so it's it's only fair to say about Don. Uh, when you have him on, buckle up. Uh, Tim and I both have chairs for our show, but they don't have seat belts. Before we have Don Emilio Zeno again, those will have seat belts. It is always a wild and crazy ride anytime this gentleman comes on our show, and I thoroughly enjoy having him. It's not what, when you look at a, a gentleman of his age, he's not what you think would be the answers for a gentleman his age. He's, he is a man, he's a renaissance man. That's, that's the only way to fairly put him in a box. If there is such a thing for, for Don, it, he's a renaissance man. Well, I mean, we started the show and we wanted to, uh, we, the whole purpose of the podcast was we enjoy sitting around and discussing things. And when we have Don Zeno on, that's exactly what it feels like, especially the show from uh, this, this current week is we got to sit back and listen to the advice and the opinions from someone who, um, a few years, the wiser with a lot more experience sure. and just a, a blast to talk to. Yes, Don is that character. You put him on. But the topic Phil came up with, that's where I still don't understand. So did you guys stick to that topic? I don't think you did. Absolutely not. <laughs> so we meant to, if that counts. The, we get points for like effort, right? Because we tried really hard. Uh, but Don's mind thinks and works at an, at an incredibly fast rate. And you, that's why I say you really kind of just have to buckle up and follow him. He would go back and touch on the topic from time to time, but he was, he was in another lane. It, if you guys aren't watching our podcast, I, I don't know what you're doing with that hour of your week every week, but make time and watch it. That's take the, time and listen to it. It's, it's worth it. And that's what I think I recommend everyone do, but I just don't know where Don went, but the topic, Phil, if you could kind of get my take on it, I had no idea what you were talking about either. So maybe that confused Don. Well, I mean, it was pretty much uh, masculinity through the, um, I guess, through the ages, the generations. Uh, what was considered a man uh, World War II generation compared to what we consider men now? And right. their, um, the, the contrast of the two and what's acceptable and just a lot of topics touching on such. And what was Don, a Canadian, saying a man is? <laughs> uh, so his, his beliefs and, and his, uh, his take on that were a bit different than I thought any gentleman of his age would be. Uh, in that he said some words I'm not sure I ever heard a gentleman his age say. Uh, and I think Tim and I almost died. I won't repeat that here. That's good. Um, but, oh, Jesus, was it ever fun. You know, Tim's absolutely right. We started this to sit around and kind of make everyone who was listening feel like they're part of the conversation. And when you have Don on, that that happens naturally. Well, again, Don is Don, and that's interesting. Everyone needs to tune into Peddling Dangerous Freedom. Go ahead and search. You go uh, the one stop on Facebook, but you know, look up. You know, look up you guys, Philip and Tim. You look up 
um, Dangerous Freedom, but also give him some love on podcasts, especially on Spotify. I mean, an anchor and give him some, give them some love as well. Guys, I appreciate you coming by. Always great conversation. But again, uh, the journalist to me just says that now you're looking at uh, the odds of President Trump winning are not as good. You guys are very, but the reason is because of people that we, if you want Trump to win, need to vote. And if they don't vote and they don't come out, and they're not fired up, it's not going to be a good, pretty thing at the, on, on, in November. And then mm-hmm. it's going to feel like when Obama won, they're going to shut everything that uh, the Republicans did for so many years, gone. Yeah. Gone in seconds. And yeah. uh, so people need to go and say there's no guarantee Trump's winning. But you never know. And again, if I was running President Trump's campaign, the first thing I'd do is, I mean, I don't know if that birther thing was the greatest idea in the world, unless there's any truth to it. I really would look at, can Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, if she's a junior senator, how can she be president of the United States? Right. Hillary Clinton, Secretary Hillary Clinton, definitely has a far better pedigree than Kamala Harris and Biden. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, to be fair, she had a couple terms when she was telling Bill what to do. Exactly. (laughs) But see, I'm just saying, if you're looking at experience, then you look at the experience of President Trump running businesses. What has Kamala Harris done to accept, say that she's an African-American when she's not? Now, Neil, to... Neil, to be fair, she's done a great job at running her political career and hopes and aspirations into the ground. She's ran that well. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to find out uh, if they had the right people to the spin stops here all the way to November. But as I told you before, schools will be shut down in three weeks. They will go all the virtual learning. George is already showing that, and that's another prediction as I'm putting all these predictions out tonight, but I'm going to say goodbye to you guys in this segment, and you're listening to The Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Andrew Shatkin Show here on the Total Media Network on YouTube and also syndicated all over the world. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Andrew Shatkin. Andrew, how are you? And I know how excited about the topic you have for today. The yes, word out about persecution of yep. Christians surprised many people that say oh yeah they're not being persecuted in the united states well no no in certain places it's not it's severe persecution yes there is severe there's ideological persecution christian you know neil and everybody should know this if you've been around a christian can't get a job in the academic sector if they are overtly christian in their faith Number, number two the media i assure you We'll never hire a Christian broadcaster. You can forget it. Okay, so Andrew, what's our topic today? Topic is going to be twofold. I'm going to briefly touch upon Christian persecution, and then I'm going to go on to all religions are the same, this liberal ideological, frankly, lie. I want to call a spade a spade. It's a lie. So let me talk about Christian persecution. I spoke about it last time. Christians are persecuted worldwide. China, pastors are jailed, crosses are now gone. Churches are demolished. Nigeria Christians are regularly killed and murdered by radical Islam. The Coptic Church in Egypt is severely persecuted by the forces of Islamic fundamentalism. These are just some examples. And lately, Nigeria—they are closing churches. They are—they are a. And in Iran, they are arresting churchgoers. That's just the the tip of the iceberg. I want to talk about one thing that I didn't talk about last time. That was in India, there was a severe attack on Christians and over 100 Christians were killed, allegedly for uh, injuring a Hindu Hindu priest and 5,800 houses were demolished and 300 churches. And lately, just the other day, a pastor uh, was arrested allegedly having killed somebody and he was arrested and he was his name is uh i'm not very good in indian language garath garath challenge satan 
he was arrested along with a number of of other pastors uh and he is they are serving they are serving a 10-year jail sentences this is just the tip of the iceberg wow. in terms of the persecution of christians these people did nothing they they the the indian authorities called the kandamal massacre it was a, a huge attack on a christian community in which 100 christians were killed now i'm going to talk about something else here while i have time i'm glad you gave me this time that is all religions are the same so uh that is jargon that is political rhetoric it's not true first of all uh i believe this statement uh, that all religions are the same and lead to god it is a political has a political origin in response to our diverse society which seeks to include everybody and so they say that all religions are the same and lead to god it's done maybe it's good you know but it's done to eliminate political differences and the question is is it true uh I think it's the operation of politics, pushing into the church belief and Christian belief. That's really what's going on. And now I want to talk about something else. Let's take a look at this allegation that all religions are the same. Uh, take a look at Hinduism. Hinduism goes back 3,000 years. I respect all religions, Neil. I, have no, I know Jesus died for them, a Christian. Jesus died for all these people. He laid down his life for them. I have no issue. With other religions but they're not the same they're different right there are, there are occult religions there's witchcraft there's satanism there's religions where people are gods in the forest there's all kinds of religions out there and hinduism is a polytheistic system of 300,000 gods if you wow. look at a hindu temple you will see huge numbers of statues of gods and goddesses do i object to the hinduism no i'm just divining it correctly uh, many people. So, you're, so Andrew, basically, you're saying is it's not the same. It's not the same. So, so no. you're not you're not going after and saying no. Bob Dare, they worship a different god than no. I worship. No. You're saying to say that they're all the same makes no sense at all. Well, it isn't true. And also, frankly, Neil, uh, those who believe in these religions and adhere to them, they'd be hugely surprised to be told they're the same as all other religions. They'd be vastly shocked. Uh, in my opinion, let's take a look at something like um, something like uh, Buddhism. Buddhism is a religion that wants to withdraw from the material world and sort of go into some kind of nothingness. That's okay, but Christianity is very, very different from Hinduism and and Hindu polytheism. It number one, it it says that God created the world and created humanity and said it was good. If anything, there is no argument that the Christian religion embraces and believes in the material world. It does not reject materialism, does not reject sex, doesn't reject men and women. None of that is so. But Buddhism, on the other hand, and this is my knowledge of it, I'm not, I'm not an expert, Neil, they believe in going out of the material world. So again, the statement that these are the same, uh, let's, I believe, look, look Neil, I believe in intellectual honesty. Mm -hmm. And there are elements in our society that don't want certain things said. It's easier for a lot of people to believe that all religions are the same and lead to the same God. But the fact of the matter is they're not. And that's it. So, uh, and I believe, I believe there, there are, there's witchcraft. There are gods in the forest who, uh, uh, but Christianity embraces and affirms the material world. God reveals, and very important to note this, God reveals himself in a human form with a human mother. And right. Jesus is, Christians do not reject sex. They don't reject, reject materialism. They don't reject women, to tell you the truth. Christians have no issue with women or the female sex. And I have to say this, that uh, in the Near East, in the past, there were cults of temple prostitution, where sexual, they couldn't figure out how, how food got grown. And they had prostitutes in the temples having sex with people. They thought that would help. That was that religion then. Uh, and then uh, there in, the, in, in Muslims, 
with all due respect to our wonderful Muslim dear brothers and sisters, they have some very unusual positions that they take. I don't know if they take them in the West when they come here. Maybe they can't, but right. they do have an issue with women. They feel that they have to be sort of kept in a subordinate position. I think that's a fair statement. Do you think I'm being unfair? No, I mean, so yeah, there's just different rules and rules in society. Yeah, they have rules about, and they, uh, 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 as I said, uh, Christianity and Judaism, these are, Christianity and Judaism are monotheistic systems. They are not polytheistic. And so, sir, the fact, right. the bottom line is they're not the same. And no. the, the attempt to say that is a political ploy to make everybody feel they're the same and valid. And it, it evades the issue, it evades the issue by saying they're the same, it evades the issue where the truth lies. So what is your what is your defense when they call you names because you decided to say that they're different? What is your defense? Uh, my defense is look at the facts. It's clearly they're different. And also there's one thing that I think that gives rise to this position that people don't want Christians maintain an exclusive they say that Jesus made an exclusive claim to be God. He really did. Anybody who reads the Gospels can see that. As a matter of fact, this claim was a very annoying certain elements in Palestinian authority. And frankly, he was crucified for it. Uh, but he made it. He made this claim. And by the same token, in Exodus, it says that God, you shall know other gods before me. Uh, the Jewish religion maintains the position they are exclusive, that there are no other gods. And, so, and Jesus says the same thing. And these positions, Neil, these positions are an annoyance, an irritation. And I think it's an annoyance and irritation to the modern world. And in our modern world, people want to be told everything, every opinion is valid, right? right. They want to say that. Moral relativism. Right. They want to say everybody's opinion is good. Yes. Everybody's got a point, this kind of thing. And therefore, all religions are sort of the same and equal, and they don't want to make distinctions. But a, a, a person with any kind of intellectual ability makes distinctions and recognizes facts. Now, so Andrew, to finish up, what would you tell people who are Christians that are told that to compare their religions to other religions? How should they respond to them? They should respond that, that first of all, those religions may be in some way a method of these people leading to God in their own way. I don't argue with it, but the Christians must maintain the position because it is the Christian position. It is the position of Jesus Christ that he is the true God and that he is the only way to know God. He's the only way. He made this claim. It was, it was absolute. We cannot give it up or we will, you can give it up. Go ahead, Neil. Anybody who's listening to this thing can live it up. But once you do that, you're no longer a Christian. You're something else. You're a nice guy yeah. or something. Yeah. So where can we, where can we connect to you, uh, learn more about you and stuff? Your website, right? Uh, Shatkinshow.com. You'll see all my podcasts, all my books, all my blogs. And as I say, these positions I take, Neil, they are positions that are, at the present time, our society is politically organized intellectually. Right. We don't, people don't use their minds. And also I yeah. say this, that uh, I say that what I'm saying tonight on Christian persecution and on this issue of all religions are the same, the networks will not broadcast it. No, they won't. They, won't they don't want to talk Christianity or anything that has to do with religion, especially Christian Christians. So well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Exactly. So I appreciate uh, again, being able to moderate, your YouTube channel, which is now is now going to syndicate this onto my radio show as well. So there'll be another platform for people to check out, but check out shackinshow.com for more information. Andrew's on Twitter, instant um, uh, on Facebook, and he's here to be there and you can listen to his blog talk radio show all the time as well. Bye. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to, uh, to discuss what I think, on a rational and intellectual basis, what I think is true and what I think is false. Okay. Uh, Andrew, thanks again.
No problem. All right, guys. Anytime. That was the <laughs> Andrew Shackin show. Countering this uh, type of uh, action or movement, it's incredibly counterproductive. And so I think we have to have one common voice. And that's what the 3 for 30 campaign is all about. Yeah, it's definitely, and that is what the 3 for 30 campaign is about, is just, uh, just let's go ahead and make sure that we um, are able to um, make things work in its best way. So let's kind of, you know, break down specifically enough a, a situation and talk about specifically the importance of this. What will happen if we really focus on doing this campaign? Right. Well, let's look at what ha- what's already happened in other countries, in other places that have already done this, Neil. And, you know, they've had immense success. Um, all they did different than what we're doing now is they masked more. They were more vigilant about some of the precautions that we're putting out there. They don't have a vaccine, and we don't have a vaccine right now. And that's okay. We can still beat this virus together. But I think we've got to focus on what our priorities are. And uh, one of the things with the 3 for 30 campaign is to clarify the messaging that's coming out. Uh, the CDC is an incredible organization. It's a world-class organization. But they have 28 or more recommendations for everyday people. And it's hard for uh, us to wrap our head around something that complicated. And so what our program does, it breaks it down to three very specific asks. And it asks people to do these things for 30 days. And I think within a very short period of time of just a few weeks, we're going to be able to make a huge impact on this. Absolutely. So, and if we're able to do that, it's a big thing. And you're involved with some pretty interesting people for this campaign, aren't you? Well, yeah, we're trying to, you know, amplify uh, the voice that we have. And, you know, this is not, this is absolutely a grassroots effort, which means that uh, everybody that has a voice needs to speak up. This is the time that you want to do that. And if we all come together, I think we could definitely defeat this. So we've reached out. We've reached out to people on both sides of the uh, party. We've reached out to celebrities. We've reached out to athletes. Uh, we've reached out to everyday people, to our patient base. And everybody, I think, has a voice in this. And this is the time that you want to be heard. This is the point where it makes the greatest impact, uh, I think, on this uh, disease curve. So uh, the time to do it is now. The time is definitely to do it is now. And uh, let's give some takes for people looking at specifically enough wearing the mask and go a little deeper into that process of when to wear it and when not to wear it. I think uh, the way you should think about the mask is a little bit different than the way uh, it has been messaged. The mask protects the mask wearer. So when you wear that mask, you are less likely to get this horrible disease. And I think, uh, you know, I think we need to be very clear about that. And, uh, you know, wearing a quality mask when you're in close proximity with other people is incredibly beneficial. And, you know, we draw on our own experience as healthcare providers. We deal with um, COVID-19 patients almost on a daily basis. Uh, sometimes we know that a patient has COVID-19. Sometimes we don't know that they have COVID-19. And, you know, we are still taking care of them. The incidence of infection in healthcare workers is lower than the general population. And the real reason behind that is because we wear that mask. That mask is that final barrier that protects us uh, against this infection, and it works. And uh, we, we, we are living examples of that. We want to try to amplify that message and get that message out. So if you want to be protected against this virus, you have to wear a mask. And if you're not going to be wearing a mask, you have to keep your distance. You have to be greater than six feet away from others. That's the only level of protection that we have right now as far as prevention goes. All right. Let's kind of go into one that I don't think a lot of people are doing. Washing hands are definitely are doing, but taking a temperature that really gauges things before things go bad, especially if you're talking about people that are letting people into different events or different activities, even to visit people. Right. Sure. And keep in mind, Neil, sometimes people are getting sick, but they don't know that they're sick yet. So they're in that phase of the disease where they are infectious, they can pass the disease on to other people, and yet they don't feel bad yet. They don't really know that they're sick just yet. 
the thermometer is the easiest way to identify one of the earliest signs of infection, and that's a low-grade fever. So if you have a temperature of 100 degrees Fahrenheit, you shouldn't go into work. You shouldn't go visit your relatives. You should self-isolate at home. And that's also true with your uh, house members. So anyone in your house, if, you're, if you think that you might be sick, they should not go to work either because they could similarly transmit this disease when asymptomatic. Yeah. And uh, so, identifying when they do have a, a temperature, what should we do? Especially if we have family members that have that temperature and are really, really asymptomatic and really don't have many symptoms. Well, the first step is to go ahead and contact either your healthcare provider or the Department of Health and get tested. So you want to have early testing so that you can find out for sure whether you have this or whether you don't have it. You have something else. And uh, the healthcare provider can direct, uh, you know, can also order additional testing as necessary and as required. The other important aspect is you want to seclude yourself so that you don't pass this around to others. And so what that means is self-isolation at home, not go, you know, letting your employer know, not going to work, and that helps prevent the spread of this disease. And that's key, the, the help uh, stop the, the spread of this disease in so many ways. And what, what do you think the outlook it looks like right now, doctor? The outlook for the disease? Yeah, yes, it the depends disease. On, it depends on our actions. I, you know, I think the good news here is that we could all pull together. You know, we can win this battle. We can definitely curb this uh, virus and get our lives back, get our businesses opened up. But I think we have to speak with one voice. I think we have to be very clear about the messaging. And I think we need to uh, spell out what our expectations are of our people. I don't think at the end of the day that mandate will get you very far because you're going to always have people that are going to resent mandates. The urge to want to put on a mask and do the right things has to be an internal one because you want to preserve your own good health and your well-being and also the well-being of the people that surround you. And I think that's the impetus behind doing these three tasks is, you know, it preserves your health and your well-being and also the ones that are around you. Great points. Oh my gosh, exactly what is needed. And, I, and, I, and I'm a big advocate as well. Of this I want to see businesses back open up. I want to see all these different things. But I sure as heck want this to disappear because I want the new normal to not be the new normal forever. And if we don't do these things, it will be the new normal forever. And we'll constantly go from we're going to start things up till it's going to stop. And that's as a country, we have to band together to protect people and look at it like, do you want to live like this for the next three years? Or do we really want to make those changes so that we don't live like this for a long time? There is nobody I know that will argue in favor of closing everything down forever. That's just not in our character. That's just not who we are. Our goal is to keep everything open in a safe and responsible way. And I think the way you do that is you see what has worked and you emulate that and you message around that. And that's what the 3 for 30 campaign is all about. Um, you know, we encourage your listeners to go into our website. Our website is uh, rulesforcovid.com. That's rules, the number four, covid.com. And all of the steps uh, for keeping uh, our businesses open are spelled out on that website. So we have a plan for where we go from here. But the first step is to contain the exponential expansion of this infection. And we could definitely do that within 30 days. If people step up, if their voices are heard, if they're able to convince others near them to do this, I think we have a really, really good shot at um, controlling this pandemic. The question is, how do you get through to the naysayers? As you may know, most people in this country are masking and uh, keeping socially distant and washing hands and doing all these other things. But the problem is you have a significant fraction that is not. And the messaging question is, how do you get to those people? How do you reach uh, the people that say, no, the virus is not real? No, I will not wear a mask because of my First Amendment rights. And I think the way you reach those people is you go through people that are close to them to try to convince them. 
This might be family members. It might be loved ones that are part of the campaign. It might be celebrities that that individual looks up to. It might be musicians. It might be athletes that they look up to. But, you know, this is the time for those individuals to speak clearly and vociferously about what needs to be done in order to get the message through, not just to some of the people, but to everybody that's going to be affected. All right. Well, fantastic. Thanks for calling. And I think this is such a great uh, story. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if your listeners want to participate, I would encourage them to use the hashtag 3 for 30. That's the number 3 and the word 4, F-O-R, the number 30 in their social media posts and uh, tag us that way. We'll be happy to have everybody on board. All right. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.